Frost. Hey everyone, Ferg here and welcome to episode 101 of Bombcast. For this episode, we're featuring a mix plus an interview from Dakota, the Texas-based producer who's been catching everyone's attention for the past couple of years. We'll first listen to an interview with Dakota and then move into his mix. How you doing? Pretty good, how about you? I'm doing very well, thanks, I'm doing very well. Um, <laughs> just to jump straight into it, you've had a bit of a like pretty big couple of months. Things have been going crazy, like you just came back from from San Francisco after doing a gig with old Richie. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a super nice dude. Um, everyone there in San Francisco was really like helpful and you know welcoming, and it was, yeah, it was a great experience for sure. Nice. He's um, he's been backing you for for a little while now, hasn't he? Yeah, I think since like. I think he found out about me through the Axis release back in September. Um, yeah. At least as far as I know. Um, and we've just been kind of in touch online since then. And then we finally got to meet last weekend. So yeah, it was really cool. That's so cool, man. Like it's it's really nice seeing someone of his stature like recognize that this like, like I guess like you and this next generation of producers coming from America. Um, like he, he recognizes that you're getting it done like that must feel really nice yeah for sure it's it's great to um definitely like be talking to them even in the first place um because these are like the people who i looked up to when i was first getting into techno and i still do to this day mm. and to see that we're kind of on the same page about a lot of things and see eye to eye a lot in the genre is really cool and yeah, I definitely am very appreciative of the fact that a lot of the older generation heads are starting to like give way for the new the new wave of producers and DJs to come and like do their thing, which I think should be the natural progression of of a scene in anything for for that matter like you're not going to have like a 90-year-old like electrician like be gatekeeping like jobs from like kids who are trying to like go to trade school like it's the same thing, you know. Um and like when I get old I'm definitely like going to make sure like do what I can to like open up like new possibilities for kids who are younger and getting into this at that time. Like it just feels like the right thing to do, like from a career standpoint and also just from a personal standpoint, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, you want to be able to pass on what you know to people that are like obviously like passionate about it. You want to be able to share that knowledge. Yeah, no, definitely. Dude. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting to see as well because in Dallas, or I can't even say Dallas, but just America in general, I see a lot of very like gatekeepy, like older heads, like not trying to throw shade or anything, but I've just noticed a lot of it, um, like people holding on to something that was from the 90s, which I definitely have like a very big appreciation of what techno was back in the day. But I also do believe that there should be room for like growth as any genre, especially techno, which is heavily rooted in futurism, mm, it should mm. definitely like be taken in new directions, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what the the original, was it the um, Bellevue Trio said? It's always like, techno has always been about like what is coming in the future. It was always inspired by exactly, those sounds, yeah. like one Atkins. Um, so it makes sense that it yeah. continues to develop in that way. Not for sure. And yeah, the whole mindset of like living in the past and 
living in what people consider the golden age of techno, which is the 90s. Like, <laughs> I definitely understand the sentiment, but I also do think it's time to move on a little bit. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, like even like the retro, like futurist mindset of all the sci-fi techno, like you listen to from the 80s, 90s, whatever. It's like, it gives you that nostalgic feeling, whereas, and that that is great. Like if that is what you like to do, but I'm very like, trying to find like what is the next type of like futurist mindset which i think is a lot of like dystopian like cyberpunk almost and you do see it a bit today like it pops up here and there like mm. with movies you see and stuff like that um probably not to the same extent that it was back then uh with like art and media and whatnot but i definitely try to like go for more of a a dystopian sound you know like so I feel like that's kind of the next progression, like a lot of very clean, like clean loops, you know, it's not mm. as uh, analog anymore. Everything's switching digital, like for sure. I just think that's kind of that natural progression. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think like touching on like the sound of the nineties or it being the golden age, the context was different back then. Cause I think for a lot of people, it was about liberation because the music was very much underground at that point. And like, you see what happened in Europe, like especially Berlin, when the wall came down, it was like, this is how we celebrate. Yeah. Um, and even to this day, places like Tbilisi, like I probably pronounced that incorrectly in Georgia, like clubs there, yeah, it yeah. was always, it's always about like, this is how we rebel. Like, this is how we let out steam. Um, but but Not it's- for sure, yeah. Mm, it's interesting because I guess like that's a modern day interpretation of what the 90s is, even potentially in Kiev. Um, yeah, no doubt. Dude. It is interesting because I feel like you and I come from 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 places that probably haven't been oppressed. So <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> you count your blessings for that one. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, for but, sure. it, but it's interesting because it's like we come from these places, but we still want to make this music. So where are we going to drive it forward? And like what is the scene doing these days i feel like most places in the states i'm seeing like a lot of like post techno if that makes any sense like yeah like it's it's getting very experimental which is very cool for me at least um i've been finding like lots of new producers all over the states um which one for me is really refreshing i definitely think it's it's making a comeback here um yeah both among like the rave scenes like because they're like ghetto tech and like all that like stuff was considered to be like rave music for like a long time but mm. i think techno is starting to creep its way back in and i'm also finding a lot of these like super cool like studio heads who are just really into like experimenting with new sounds and all that and so i definitely think like there's a lot of up-and-coming producers who really appreciate what techno is about but are adding their own twist to it which i think is insane like mm. it's just like the next frontier if that makes any sense yeah, no, it is. It, but it's refreshing because I, 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 having talked to a few people, I feel like one of the one of the opinions these days is a lot of stuff. It's like, I mean, it's probably the same with every every music, but a lot of stuff can start to sound the same. Um, like it's yeah. too easy to whip up a beat and be like, "Well, here we go." But it, but where did that develop? If that makes sense, like, how are exactly, we pushing? Yeah. So it's really refreshing when you hear these like just young people. That are doing crazy stuff out. yeah that's it yeah exactly because i think you want like the ultimate yeah. reaction that you could get from listening to a piece of, of music at this point is like what the fuck is going on you know <laughs> yeah it should challenge you in some way like 
I've been getting a lot of this and I'm even I have like a side project called Creighton and mm. I'm thinking of even retiring it just because you know it's it was very much a project where I would just make like those banger tracks you know what I mean mm. like yeah, you yeah. know just really easy tracks to mix and like it was it was good fun for sure like during the lockdown mm. um you know just sit there and make a make a beat in like 30 minutes and post it on SoundCloud it's very fun you know yeah um this way to get some tracks out there just for fun but I don't know, like, I've always enjoyed my decoder stuff, and I noticed because with my decoder stuff, I try to do, like, weirder things, like, sequences that might make someone, like, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Or, you know, that's kind of what I aim for. And I started noticing that, like, after I started putting out crates and stuff, many people did, like, just straight up did not care about decoder, like, the decoder project, which is fine like I, I'm obviously I'm not entitled to telling people what to care about or what to like but I just definitely noticed like a very like a pattern of like everyone just moved to the crates and stuff and you know mm. like I feel like that's just where the scene may be at too like everyone's playing the very like fast up tempo like yep. hard groove stuff yep that's definitely what's like trendy at the moment at least yeah yeah but you know, and it was it was great. It's fun to play that stuff for sure. But I was just always like never satisfied by like how that sound never challenged me. Like I would understand the rhythm, but then you could only go far so far in just rhythm. Like there's so many other components to music, which I feel like that pushed me kind of away from hard groove and more into this sci-fi like minimal techno realm where you can just do pretty much whatever you want and throw like a 909 over it and it can be like the most experimental or personal piece and not everything is always about dancing mm. and some 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 tracks are for your mind and some encourage you to think or maybe it paints a picture for you and you know things like that for sure yeah i i, I to add to that list i think mood is so important i think like you you can yeah. dance to to a rhythm and a beat and i think like yeah, at that point the energy is obviously it's high um, and it is pure dance music. I think when you yeah. start to interject mood into that, you can really get people to to feel. Um, no, for sure, man. And that's why there's so many like timeless producers, like Jero and Search, like mm. for example, who's one of my like personal heroes. Like you usually know, you're gonna hear a 909 like kick drum, you know, like very standard from him. But mm. it's always about what he puts on top of that. Like what what elements does he add to that to make you feel a certain way? that can just completely change your perception of the entire track. And that's why his stuff has been timeless, in my opinion. And, you know, that's just one artist out of many who I can really appreciate for interjecting that sort of mood into the track, even though it's, it's yeah, it is a 909 kick drum, which everyone does these days. But, you know, there's something really special about that from his music. Yeah, 100%. He really has carved out his own, it is his own sound. Yeah. He's, been, he's just been doing it for so long and it's it's never got boring it's timeless exactly yeah like mm. I, I hear so many people like just they'll hear something on the dance floor and it to the unsuspecting ear yeah it sounds like techno but like people who really like understand will be like oh my god that's like a Jerome and search track like it's insane like <laughs> it's yeah. super cool like how, how you can really get to people through music like that even with something as simple as just changing up your style or maybe doing something that other people might not even want to try. Mm. You know? mm. To that, what are you doing at like now to, to experiment? Like what's your sort of processes or or what's in your mind? What are you what are you going deep on? 
Yeah, so lately I've just, um, I've been definitely trying to break away from the whole template like techno is what I call it. I call it template techno. Because mm. for a while I would have like people hit me up and be like, hey, what do I have to do to get my track to sound like this? And, you know, I really hate that mindset of like, what do I have to do? Like it's, that's the one thing that drew me to techno in the first place is that there's really no rules. So mm. lately I've like been experimenting with just stuff like, I would think about what I would normally do and then I'd go out of my way to not do it. Mm. So like, I used to want like really, really punchy kick drums and like, at like a super tight groove and I'm trying to like force myself the other direction where maybe the kick isn't as like prominent as I usually want it to be and I'll, mm. I'll chuck it there, like I'll have a kick there but it'll be like super far in the background and something else might drive the track or, you know, and I also started getting more into layering because I used to be like very happy with like one layer of mm. a sound and then just be like, okay, I'll let that sit there and that will kind of define the track. But I'm trying to get more into layering and, you know, like bringing things in and out and not exactly following like proper arrangement mm. structures that yeah. would maybe be yeah. helpful for a DJ. And uh, yeah, someone I really look up to who does this a lot is Terrence Dixon. Like, yeah. I, I DJ his music all the time because you know they're usually just drum beats but they're so weird and you never know what you're gonna expect and that is something that really makes his track stand out like anytime I play one of his tracks on a, on a dance floor like I can always notice like there's a shift in like the perception of what people are expecting to happen like usually you know you have like 16 bars of a kick drum and then the hat comes in and then there's a mini breakdown and then, you know, it comes back with the ride symbol and like, you know, it's very like predictable, which is, mm. it's cool. Like you can rock a dance floor with that. Yeah, nothing wrong but with that. There's something about like these artists like Terrence Dixon. Sorry? Yeah, nothing wrong with like, with Wait, that sort of... can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I love playing that stuff too. It's, it's great, you know, let you connect with the dance floor. But there's something about that music where it's just so unpredictable despite mm. its simplicity that it creates like a new feeling on the dance floor like people don't know what to expect and so when something does happen it just becomes that much more exciting yeah that's it i'm gonna it touches back on that what the fuck is going on kind of feeling <laughs> yeah, exactly, you, you want exactly, that yeah. like i think as a dancer or someone who's out there experiencing that music you want to be taken on that ride you want to like as much as those sort of moments of predictability actually feel kind of nice, like as a dancer, when you know it's coming back in, somehow you like, yeah, you know, you're, sure. you're in tune with it. But at those moments where you get caught off, I think they're, they're those moments that you really remember. No, exactly. Mm. And yeah, I think it's also very rooted in like how we are culturally, because in the nineties, techno was very new. So you could play a lot of that predictable music but because it was such a new genre, it didn't even seem predictable at the time, you know? But I feel mm. like now we live online where you can find any track from the 90s you want if, if you have enough like willpower. Mm. And so, you know, that very that structure of what techno is has kind of been set in stone. Like there's a rule as to what it should be. And so because of that, I think it creates more predictability on the dance floor too. So I feel like these producers who are just going out of their way to do like the weirdest stuff possible, I think is really respectable because they're really the ones, in my opinion, who are pushing like a new forefront of techno. That's it. Do you find that when you might start a new project, do you find that through habits of the past that it's easy to slip back into doing things almost out of habit? 
It's very easy, dude. And I'm, I consider myself to be a little bit of a perfectionist, not when it comes to like mix downs or having the perfect track, but perfectionist, especially in my arrangements, which is my very, like, it's a very weak spot. Like it, it bothers me internally <laughs> if, if after 64 bars, the kick drum doesn't come back or there hasn't been a breakdown, you know, like, and I always find myself like putting myself in those positions where I, I force myself to remove the kick drum at the same place. And I'm really trying to like learn how to let go. And it's definitely a process for me too. Um, and I'm just trying to get really like, sometimes maybe start everything at the beginning and then the track progresses where in a way where F, like things get taken away throughout the track or maybe even like where the track starts off with silence because pretty much all my tracks always start with like the kick drum mm. so i'm trying to find like different ways to like add a different perspective to my tracks but it definitely is very easy for me to fall back into those old habits of making like a tool track or something very like along the lines of like a basic arrangement if mm. that makes sense for sure it's it's it is funny that you say that the whole thing about falling back into habit or because i i found that through my productions, especially through lockdown, I was doing that. Not to have a sook, but like over here in Australia, you do feel a bit disconnected from the wider scene. The rest of the world. For sure. Yeah. And and like you only sort of, I mean, unless you dig real deep, which is very easy, like possible, you, you'll, you'll sort of catch a, a glimpse of the trend and then you might try and try and try and make that or try and slip into that. Yeah, for a lot sure. Of, a lot of people wouldn't have that point of view to be like actually what am i doing how am i going to keep this interesting for myself because it's too easy just to as you said like make a template um i don't know this might be a bit conspiracy theory but i feel like the whole thing with social media is that like people see what's popular and want to recreate that and i think that that has exactly. seeped its way into like techno production um no nah, that's not a conspiracy at all because i was definitely uh, one of the people that happened to because mm. for a while like I started off on the sci-fi like very deep minimalistic stuff like I feel like that's where my heart's always been at yeah and you know I started getting like online and seeing what other people were making on SoundCloud and all that and you know obviously I liked it it's still very good music um so I had my hand at it and then I started like seeing that a lot more people were playing my tracks when I would make stuff like that you know like the yeah. faster maybe more aggressive type of music and you know it was very fun to make too it was like a whole learning process at the beginning like i had to learn how to process it in a different way and you know like work with different sounds and all that yeah. and it was a lot of fun but you know like maybe about seven or eight months ago i, I kind of just like took a step back and was like do i even enjoy making this music because like at that point i was just putting out releases for the sake of putting them out and i felt like they weren't really coming they weren't really genuine anymore did you feel like there was just a need to put something out there just to actually have something out there to remain in the view? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like I would look for labels just for the sake of putting something out rather than wanting to work with a label because I really respect the vision or, you know, something yeah. like that. So I tried to take a step back and just, you know, like lock myself in the studio. And that's when I actually started working on my first album for Subsist. Um, yeah. You know, I would just go on like car rides at night into like downtown and just see like all the lights and just listen to a lot of new music too, which was another big like factor. Like I would just take all my favorite artists, put them in a playlist and just listen to everything, even if I hadn't heard it before, just to see like what was new and what was different and like 
what's what really resonated with me and you know just driving around like late nights you know, really it cool. definitely put me in the right headspace and uh yeah and then i also like kind of started to realize like i really like the album format a lot more than eps because usually eps like you have four or five tracks and they're usually along the same lines of like genre style like whatever um whereas with albums you can you can go in pretty much any direction you want um mm. Like my Axis album, I did like a blend of really weird like 808 stuff, but as well as some 909 like workouts, like sci-fi jams, if that makes sense. But um, even then, that one was pretty monotonous um, for an album, at least in my opinion. But it's pretty crazy. This latest album that I've. Like, oh, sorry. What? Just on like just like I mean just to sort of take a quick tangent from. From that point like the fact that you're releasing on access already is like unbelievable it's so cool to see yeah i'm very thankful um to jeff and everyone who has supported that and mm. obviously jeff for listening to it too and um everyone who pointed me in the right direction to like even work with him um because yeah i was sitting on that album for a while and i really liked it despite like most of the tracks do sound pretty similar in their style at least mm. but i was sitting on it for a while and i really liked the concept behind it but i had no idea like what labels were putting albums out and someone just told me like hey just hit up jeff like they gave me his email and then after that it was pretty much over it was crazy like That's i was so very cool. surprised like jeff was pretty open to it and he asked me some questions about the album and told me to like go back and like, yeah, revisit some of the tracks and like the concept behind them. And, yeah. you know, like a week or two later, we had the release ready. It was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. That's amazing, man. Well done. Do you find- Thank you, I appreciate it. Do, do you find that a lot of these connections have come from just having the confidence to hit people up and just try and communicate? No doubt because before like the whole lockdown and everything, I was trying to get in touch with people, but really the only way you could do that was like going out to, to the club scene and nightlife and, you know, just finding people there. Mm. Um, Cause my had previously before lockdown had no luck hitting people up online. We usually met with no response or like, you know, just like a very like half-hearted response. Um, and I can't even blame them because you know people are probably out like throwing events and doing stuff. Yeah, people are and, busy. Uh, I was too young to get into clubs. Yeah, exactly. But during the lockdown, everyone else was online, so they kind of stepped into my world for a second, and mm. you know that put everyone else online, which is kind of where I was at. And it was just really good timing, I guess. Um, and I've always had the mindset that like it's never, it never hurts to send something to someone like. Worst case scenario, they either respond or they say no. Like, yeah. But it's online. It's online messaging. Like, there's nothing that could go wrong, uh, as long as you come correct and you know you're not spamming anyone. Mm. Like, you should be good. Like, probably not even have bad relations with anyone. But yeah, so I've always just sent my stuff out there um, to anyone who who's interested or wants to chat. Like. Um, I used to spend a lot of time on Discord, you know, mm. just in random like production servers, just talking to other people and seeing like what they're working on and stuff. Um, but yeah, like definitely the whole community aspect online has helped a lot too, um, because yeah. it's very hard for me to get out there right now, especially in America where the club like age limits twenty one, um, and sneaking in is hard. Like I used to sneak <laughs> yeah. in the clubs and like get <laughs> out and all that. Or, yeah. 
do you find so, that it's a, it's a whole different game here in america yeah yeah for sure do you now that you've like um had a few releases you've got a lot of support under your belt have you thought about moving to follow music have you thought about like say going to europe or are you going to stick around in um in texas for a bit longer yeah so for for a while actually i was thinking of like moving to amsterdam um yeah and maybe setting up shop there and you know it could be really cool but you know that was also i was thinking about that during the time where i was making a lot of crates and stuff and yeah it wasn't stuff that i was particularly like fond of yeah. and you know but i was like talking to a lot of people from there and you know kind of a little bit involved in the scene like doing mixes for people and whatnot and it seemed like a cool idea but once I like took a step back and revisited, I realized like I love Europe, but if I make it my home, I'm, I know I wouldn't like it. And what, I really want to separate my home life from where I would be work like be working. Sorry. Why do you think you um, wouldn't like living there? Because then I would just somewhere that I've always seemed to like. I've tended to like romanticize Europe a little bit because. All I really know about Europe is its music scene. I don't know anything else about it, so mm. I've pretty much romanticized it. And, you know, <laughs> it's been like a very cool place where, you know, like the parties are insane. People appreciate the music, blah, blah, blah. And so I feel like I would love to go there and play like as much as possible. But I would definitely love to keep my home here in the States. And, you know, because one, I want I've always been like a big believer in separating your work life from your home life or else they get intertwined and that leads yeah. to stress and other problems. Yeah. That and also I think long term, if this music stuff becomes very successful for me and it would be amazing to play in Europe, but still come back and do something here because mm. I find it pointless to go and put my talents into a place like Amsterdam where there's already so many talented people doing insane stuff out there. Mm. And I think it would be much cooler to stay out here in the States and try building something new here where there's maybe not as much stuff going on unless it's one of the really big like coast cities, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting point you make. Um, and I th but I think- It's, it's very I similar to like what you're doing in, out in Melbourne, dude. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Like it, I feel it, like you could move to Berlin and be have great success like playing all the clubs that are around there. But I think the fact that you've stayed in Melbourne and are just throwing club nights there and being very communal about it has way much more of an impact. Like I've found so many artists in Australia just through you mm. and just finding out like who you're following and who mm. you've been keeping tabs on. And uh, I think that's a great way to like promote the scene to a wider audience, if that makes sense. Cause if yeah. everyone goes to Berlin, then the only audience will be in Berlin. For sure. And I think like there is a certain advantage to being from a different place because um, if people look to that place and see where the music's coming from or who's making it, then I think like it's it's, it's more accessible for you because it's like oh well these are the people in Australia that are doing it. Like if if you're curious about Australian exactly, techno yeah. music, then you'll chances are you'll find these people. Such the same as like if you're looking for like new American um, artists, like you would be in, in in that sort of like that mix as well. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's a great point too, because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, these are like my newest favorite American artists, but half of them have moved to Europe and mm. you know, and that's great if they want that for their career and to be successful, that's a great thing. Like, yeah, go to Europe. But I feel like it's a bit disheartening to the local scenes, which is really what I think techno is about and supporting your local scenes. For sure. and, 
and doing what you can with that. Like, but obviously if international success is in store for you, then nothing's stopping you from going to Berlin and living it up because that's it. I'm I, a big supporter of that if that's your thing, for sure. I think there's, there's some merit in like wanting to go over and like tick that box and experience it as well. Cause I think you'd learn a lot from your Not time sure. there. I think like there's, there's um, a point to be made to go over to like actually meet these people, um, you know, try and play some gigs, hang out, be a part of that scene so that like you, you you've had that experience, but you've met experience, the people that are there. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like home's yeah, always going to be there. Oh, sorry, what? Home's always going to be there. That's the thing. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm planning to go to Berlin with my friend Jay York, uh, yep. who's out in Miami. Um, so we're planning on going this summer and. Just You're trying kidding to see, me. Uh, what, get a what, feel for the place time? and what time? Do you know like dates? Uh, we're going pretty much all of August. We leave August 10th and we come back on the 31st. Mate, so it'll be fun. I'm gonna be there. Oh, really? Let's when, meet when up. Are you going? I'm gonna be there from the 15th yeah, of, course, of yeah. July to the 15th of August. Dude, that's perfect. Yeah. Let's go. Um, <laughs> are there any parties there? That's what I'm trying to sort out now. Like a part <laughs> of my uh, to-do list is to, um, yeah, get that all up and running. Like it, it is, it is hard That's for awesome. me to get like a big chunk of leave from work, and work is is pretty busy. I just guess for the context, not to yeah. bitch and a moan, but like in Australia, you don't make money off music unless you are very much a part of um, other scenes that aren't techno. So yeah, you've got to have a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'll squeeze in this break. Um, yeah, let's meet up, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Dude, a lot of uh, my friends from Argentina will be there too. Uh, Volpe is moving yeah. there, I'm pretty sure. And Crazy. Zisco said he's doing a tour there, so. That's unreal. Yeah, it, seems like, it seems like a really good time to be in Berlin. Like, it's a lot of talent gonna be out there. For sure. It was, it was quite interesting that, um, I mean, I think like a lot of the scene was actually moving to the east before, before war broke out. Um, which, which is a shame because yeah. I think I think Europe was denied the next evolution of of techno music and the next evolution of yeah. the scene. But I guess and people were starting to call Kiev like the new like home of techno That's because it. there was just so much amazing stuff coming from there. Yeah, exactly. I think like it's a, it, it would have been a real artist's place because um, maybe the income isn't as high, but probably the, the cost of living was a lot cheaper. Yeah, and therefore... it's a lot like Detroit, like from what I've seen and heard from some of my friends out there it's a lot like detroit like it's very grassroots like it's very much by the people and you know there may the may not be the best things going on there but that's just more fuel to the fire mm. and that really helps like keep the scene alive which is a good way to kind of rebel against everything going on there yeah absolutely I can imagine that after all this bullshit is over um that there will be that that release that sort of yeah, that release of energy. Yeah, no, no doubt. Mm. Um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have other passions apart from music or are there other things that you're curious about? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I like to dabble in. I wouldn't call myself like an active hobbyist, but you know, I'm, I'm very interested in like reading a lot of, like about a lot of things. Um, I love reading about like a lot of Hinduism um, because my parents were born in India and mm. you know we 
we practice all the traditions and, and all of that. And I love reading about it um, and, you know, experiencing it. I'm planning on going back to India in October and trying to do a tour there with some of my friends out there. Um, that would be but crazy. Yeah, I just love going there and, you know, yeah, getting co like connecting with my roots really yeah. more than anything. Um, that's something I'm very passionate about. I'm starting like a vinyl sub label um, on my label Codec and the first EP is, is one of mine. It's got two remixes from some really good friends of mine, but it's it's the whole EP is pretty much surrounded by one of like my favorite tales from Hindu uh, mythology, which What's I think is super cool. And that's something I want to like kind of implement in my music in the future as well. Um, What's the concept? Yeah, I was and, and, and like, is there a certain sound that you're sort of drawing from India as well? Um, a sound, I would say it's definitely along the lines of more of the hypnotic stuff because hypnosis has been something in Hinduism that has been used like meditation mm. and deep breathing and all these different like things. They have been a little bit whitewashed, I will say, um, you know, because yoga and like deep breathing has been something that um, Hindu like people have always been like willing to share with other people and it's been kind of com like commercialized here in America at least um oh, same here like same people here. are like starting up yoga studios and all that which is like if you want to if you have to make money off of it I guess do whatever um but the whole point of it being like free for everyone to learn is because it, it's it's kind of like a way to like it's self-improvement it's like a way to heal yourself oh and, yeah um, yeah I, I, I see a lot of people getting into the very like hippie type spiritual stuff which like if that's your thing go for it like mm. i couldn't i couldn't care less but you know um i try to find like the really like pure like the hindu aspects of meditation and and what it's supposed to give off in my music um like i have this one track on my album on my first album on subsist called samadhi which is a very deep meditative state where you pretty much just leave your uh, physical body behind but mm. it's not entirely it's it's pretty much death but it's not entirely death it's you're in such a deep meditative state that your body is pretty much dead like you're, you're not moving someone taps you on the shoulder you're not going to respond mm. type thing and that's just because your consciousness has moved on to like another plane and so concepts like that from hinduism are just something that i really like to implement in my music because yeah. i really like my music to have that deep very hypnotic feel to it like you're kind of in another realm, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and, 100%. You know, that's something I've always wanted to like explore more with my music as well. Mm. That's really interesting. Do, do you practice like those, those breathing techniques in general? Uh, Samadhi, no, because that takes like a lifetime of, of deep breathing, but there are other things I like to do. My mom is very um, into meditation and deep breathing as well, and it's helped her a lot in her life. So. Mm. She's taught me a lot about it, and um, I've read a little bit about it, like online across various places. And sometimes we do it together, and no, it's really um, nice. I, I've noticed it, it adds a lot more clarity to my life as well. Like you know, ever being stressed. Oh yeah. Compared, with like life or school or whatever, you know, taking a step back and like reassessing everything, like looking at a bigger picture, you know, all those like concepts, like they can add a bit of clarity for sure. Well, it's being present. I remember um, a while ago, I was, I yeah, was, yeah, I was exactly. at work and like, 
this is years and years and years ago, but I was stressed about something to the point where I think I almost had like a panic attack. Like I couldn't, I couldn't read oh, what was in front of me. And so I said to my boss, like, I gotta go home. And I was sort of sitting at home being like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? Um, and it was at that point yeah. where I'm like, I need to find something here. Like, I, I think I was just scrolling through Reddit on my phone and there was an ad that popped yeah. up for, for Headspace. And I'm like, wow, that actually sounds exactly like what I need right now. And started started practicing like the breathing technique, but it's, it's fucking amazing what Dude, just yeah, like trying to amazing, be yeah. present can, can do for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's true as well, because many people love living in the past. And, you know, I say this about techno too, like you'll find like, the most jaded people in the scene are so busy living in the past that they can't even appreciate what is here right now. Yeah. You know? They're like, oh, the Robert Hood in the 90s made minimal techno. It was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but what about like all, the, all these like 19 year old kids making minimal techno and posting it on SoundCloud? Like, mm. it's just as good as the Robert Hood stuff, but it's got that new element to it. Mm. And if you were living in the present, you could be able to realize that. For sure. Yeah, it's there's a lot of parallels for sure. Like and yeah. it's it's in anything too. I couldn't say it's only for techno, but oh, yeah, so living in the present is an amazing thing and yeah, it's it's takes some definitely takes like some conscious effort to do it, but you know, when you, if you're able to do it, it's the payoff is worth it. Exactly. It's too easy to latch on to things that have happened in the past to drive fears moving forward into the in into the future. And I think like, as you said, it actually takes effort to, to be in the present, to be, to be here right about now. But like, not for sure. I think like, I think if you sort of just take things one day at a time and plan for the next day, the overall result of what you get at the end is well crazier than like what you could maybe just like, I don't know, try and look into the future too much and think too many steps ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have goals, but I think if you if you are fearful, that's when you can like break down because if you're just worrying about what you have to do in the future, then what you're doing right now isn't getting done. Exactly, yeah. And having goals is definitely great, but I think what, what living in the past or the future for that matter does is it doesn't give you goals, it gives you expectations. And then when you when you strive to achieve those expectations and maybe you don't meet them mm. because of what your situation is in the present, mm. it, it'll just lead to more disappointment and stress, I think, more than anything else. Absolutely. Like, let's say someone was like living in the 90s trying to emulate a party that was like a rave that was going in the 90s, but they don't understand the climate of the present and they have all these expectations of how it's going to go and maybe it doesn't go that way. Maybe it goes differently, but not in a bad way. But because it was differently, they perceive it as a negative thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. It's amazing, to like just to touch to touch back on the whole breathe, the idea of breathing. Like, especially when dancing. I was at yeah. a, I was at a, um, like a festival recently in Australia, and I was sort of like a bit in my head, and I was like feeling really, really, really tight. Like my whole body felt tight like tense yeah. really tense yeah and i just sort of stood there and i just like shut my eyes and took like 10 10 really deep breaths and i swear to god every single breath i took i could feel like everything just relax and release um and within yeah. like i don't know just 10 big deep breaths i was back and i was just like oh shit like 
like I'm like I'm back yeah. in the present here. I've sort of reset. The game changer for sure. Mm. Yeah, I used to be scared to like dance on the like I loved dancing since I was like a little kid. Like my mom would just play like stuff on the on the speakers at home and I would dance to it. Mm. But then like I started going to clubs and like but that was after living online for so long, like you mm. know, just being like very on my computer all the time. And I, I definitely did have this like sort of tension. Like I was very afraid to like be myself and dance on the dance floor. And you know, I would just look around at other people and I would be very uncomfortable. Um, and you know, through deep breathing and just more like awareness, it was definitely able to help me like realize like, it doesn't matter, I'm here to have fun. Yeah. And you know, get more into dancing. And yeah, so it's definitely like helped a lot in many different parts of techno. And it's also definitely a reason why I started falling out of that hard groove stuff. It's very fast, it's super catchy, it's like super well produced and obviously I'm not trashing the genre at all. No. But it definitely didn't resonate with me because I think it was so frantic that it, it was going against the very nature of what I enjoyed in techno, which is that very slow, like hypnotic, like progressive style techno where, yeah. you know, everything is one long progression. And I think that falls very in line with all this deep breathing, like meditative stuff. Mm. And I'm, I'm finally finding my roots back there again, like no, in the here. stuff I originally got into. But yeah, yeah um, I definitely think and hope that style is coming back. So for sure. It's funny you say that because I feel like I've had had similar thoughts as of late. Um, I think trying to figure out exactly what your sound wants to represent or what you want to be is always going to be like a, I don't know, a question or something that will always, always, always run through your mind. But I think it comes back to just knowing when you're, when it feels right. Like exactly. making something and then like checking in with yourself and being like, how do I actually feel do about I this? Like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I exactly. think the best music will come from when you're being your most honest to yourself. Um, that's when I yeah. think like that that evolution will really, really, really start to to happen because the the people that do that I think will will last a lot longer than the ones that just are trying to like piggyback on on the ideas of others or just like taking the easy path. I should say that's so true yeah and I used to do that too I was very guilty of that um when I was first starting techno I never like I rarely at least produced what I liked I would hear a label and then just my goal would be like to try and like send stuff to that label and get accepted and so I would force myself to write tracks that sounded like other tracks on the label yeah which is the complete wrong way to go at oh, it, in yeah. my opinion now at least it feels and I would wrong. always think like, do you think the like the label would like this? And you know that was just the complete wrong approach. So nowadays, like even if a kick drum that I use nowadays sounds really weird and maybe it's not the punchiest or it's not like the the catchiest like riff or whatever, I just think like, how does it make me feel? And mm. do I like it or not? And I think that's cooler anyways because then people really get to see a glimpse into how you think and how you make music rather than just another carbon copy of something that you like. For sure. And to that, just to lead into like my final question for you, with this mix that you've recorded, does it sort of embody these like, these ideas that you've been thinking about recently? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's way deeper, like trippier stuff. And you know, it's, it's along like we said, like that meditative type thing where 
Um, I've definitely started taking my mixing into like slower progressions. I used to do all these hard cuts and stuff, which is very fun for sure. But um, for this mix, I tried doing very like deeper like transitions and you know letting things play out a bit longer, just mm. as you would in uh, in a very like spatial like ambient type setting, uh, for lack of a better word. But yeah, I definitely tried to take it along the lines of like deeper more introspective music and you know stuff that makes you think like of course you can dance to it it's techno but i really want to challenge your mind more than anything else because techno music is both music for your body and your mind which mm. is why it's amazing compared to any other genre and so i really hope that it encourages people to like maybe think of something that it inspires them or invoke a feeling in them if anything
Bumpfcast.